We're going now. <laughs> Go. Hello, everyone. We'd like to welcome you back to uh, round two of 12 with the trainer podcast series here at Title Boxing Club. Uh, today, we're going to be talking about uh, the, the history of Title Boxing Club and ultimately the why. Why are we doing what we're doing? Uh, we're we're going to take a couple different uh, aspects of this. So we're going to talk about why we do what we do at the club and how that actually relates to being a trainer and why a trainer should be doing what they're doing. Uh, with me on the call today, uh, same as last time, we have uh, Kenny Greer, uh, franchise owner, uh, Sam Heaps, franchise owner, and um, Tate Wheeler, who is uh, a general manager in, in, in running clubs as well as a trainer up in uh, the Minnesota market. What up, what up, what up? To, to start, everybody say what's up. Hi, everybody. Have some life, dude. Oh, I like that trainer voice, Tate. <laughs> so, guys, I want to start off today. Just, I want to talk about the history of Title Boxing Club and how this whole thing started. And, you know, one of our founders, the, the, the guy who came up with the idea of this, a uh, gentleman named Danny Campbell. Now, if anybody does not know Danny Campbell, Danny has probably done every single thing in boxing you could do. From being a boxer himself, one of the best up-and-comers, he fought out of Sugar Ray Leonard's camp at a time. Um, Danny had an injury. Uh, Angelo Dundee, Muhammad Ali's trainer, was his. Uh, He worked for HBO Sports. He's done promoting. He's been a ring announcer. Uh, If you ever go back and watch Tommy Morrison's first championship fight where he won the belt, the, the referee in the ring, that's Danny Campbell. <laughs> Go back, watch it, and you could see him back in the day. And, you know, I've known Danny for, for a very long time, uh, boxing up in Detroit uh, myself. And I remember a day where I got a call about this whole idea of having a boxing workout that anybody and everybody could do. And I was skeptical because I'm like, what's going on here? You know, <laughs> like, you want to do boxing for like, what, eight-year-olds? I get it. He's like, no, everybody. And I said, well, tell me what happened. How did you come up with this idea? And what happened was Danny was actually going and scouting fighters. And he went out and he visited this club in Littleton, Colorado. And when he was in there, you know, there's, there's a guy in the ring and he's sparring and, uh, you know, fighting. And over in the corner was a group of people and these ladies that were working out. And, you know, Danny looked at the situation and he talked to him and he said, hey, what, what are you guys doing over here? What's this all about? And one of the ladies said, hey, this is the best workout I've ever had in my life. This is amazing. She's like, we've come in here. I've been trying to lose weight for like the last 10 years. And within a couple months, I've lost over 20 pounds. And Danny's like, wow, that's great. Why the heck aren't there more of you? Right? And another lady piped up and she said, this place is scary. She's like, no joke. She's like, I try to get my friends to come in here, but they don't want to. You got these guys over here screaming and, you know, talking shit to each other. You've got, you know, guys that are just, you know, in here just to, just to beat others up. And, you know, we just want the workout aspect. I get it. I love it. And it's actually kind of cool, but I have, a, I have trouble getting my friends in here. So after, you know, Danny left, he said he came to a realization. He's, he, he was always trying to find a way to bring his love of boxing to the masses. He just honestly never realized it ended up being the workout. So when I asked him about it, you know, and he told me, he's like, you know, a, a boxer doesn't box to, to get in shape. That's not what we do. He goes, you do it because you love it. He said, but the side effect or the result of the way that we train in our sport ends up being the way we look. He goes, I believe anybody and everybody out there can look like a boxer if they train like us. 
He goes, not just, you know, guys who want to go out there and make money. He goes, but I'm talking women and children and grandmas and, you know, anybody who's just looking to get in shape. And, and the problem was, if you wanted to box, you had to go to this rough gym, typically located somewhere in an inner city in an area that was hard to get to or places people didn't want to go. And Danny said, I want to create a workout around the way we train on heavy bags. He's like, and specifically heavy bags, because the heavy bag, you, you, listen, you can't come into a gym and have like 60 people hitting speed bags. You know how annoying that would be? He's like, and you can't have 60 people hitting double M bags. They're all going to be hitting each other in the face when they punch it, get, that thing will pop them in the face. And you can't have a bunch of people doing mitt work. He goes, but a heavy bag is, I mean, it's resistance, it's power, it's cardiovascular. It's, it's what we do when we want to train hard. We train, we do, we do rounds. We'll do three minutes on them with a minute of active rest. Right. And, and I think the interesting thing was he said, I want to create a workout surrounded about this, take it out of places that are hard to get from anyone from eight years old to 90 can come in and experience what we did and how we trained as fighters. And I want to open this thing and take it all over the country. And as I, I heard and talked to him about this, you know, I ended up coming to Kansas city uh, from Detroit and seeing the first club we ever had. And I was blown away. Because here you go, you have all of these people. I'm, I'm watching a class of 55, 60 people, and typically most of them are female, having fun, sweating like I, I couldn't believe, but actually doing a boxer's workout. And Danny, you know, there were, there were some things that he told me that I think we lost sight of sometime, uh, today. And, and sometimes I can be in a club and it just rocks, and then I can go into a club a couple months later and it's kind of it just feels a little different. And the reason is something that Danny talked to me about. He said this, he said, guys, here's what we all have to understand. Boxing is a lonely sport because it's you, you win or you lose, but it's all on you because you have to train, you have to prepare, you have to be ready to step in there, right? And you're going to lose or you're going to win. He said, but there's a reason or there's a point where you got to where you did. He goes, and that's because you have a team behind you. You have a coach, you have a trainer, you have, you know, a, a doctor, you have a physical therapist, you got all these people behind you. And even in, in, when you're in a boxing gym, you have amateur fighters in there, you have other professionals. And when you're getting ready for a fight, everybody is preparing you for that fight. You're putting in rounds and sparring with somebody else who, you know, typically you're going to beat up a little bit, right? But they're allowing that to happen. Right? Because they're there trying to help you get to that ultimate point where you can win. And I thought about that long and hard for, for a long time after he said that. And it's so true of the why behind our clubs. Every single person is in our club because they have a goal they're trying to achieve. They want to win at something, regardless if it's lose weight, regardless if it's tone up, if it's stress release, they want to win. The team that's behind them is our trainer. The team is the club. The team is the group of people around there that are doing it with you. That if they weren't there, you probably wouldn't lose your weight because why the heck would you come to our club? You could just do it at home. But the difference is why you come to our club is because that team's there behind you. And something he said to me is he said, there's three things that are very important. A fighter has to have heart. Sometimes you're going to get knocked down. You've got to get back up. You've got to have heart. You've got to be hungry to win. Because when you're slack and your opponent isn't, you never forget that. You have to be hungry, but you have to have a sense of humility as well. Because when you're 19-0 and, and you've knocked out 19 people, 18 of those people were bums. 
Now I'm going to test you and you're going to have a tough fight. And if you lose, you gotta, you gotta be, there's got to be some humility behind it. And I think anybody out there that's listening to this right now knows when you meet some of these top level fighters, they're some of the nicest people you ever meet in your life because they have that humility. But I want to pause because those three things, the heart, the humility, and the hunger are important to our business. Every trainer has to have that, but it relates to the club. Every club has to have that as well. So I want to throw this over to Kenny here really quick. Um, you know, and I'll, we'll get everybody on the call involved here, but I want to talk about heart. What does it mean to have heart? What is the why that we do what we do at our clubs? And then how do we relate that to a trainer? Like, how does a trainer have to have heart? Because as a fighter, you have to have this. This is what makes you a fighter, but our club has to have it, and so does the trainer. So, Kenny, let's talk about heart here. Um, what does it mean for a club to have heart? How do you know a club has heart? Oh, man, that's such a good question. Uh, I actually never really thought about it in the three terms, right, like heart, humility, hunger, and I just listened that whole time and didn't chime in with anything stupid because I actually really – I really like that. I think it speaks to the really realist trainers that are around all the way up to the original leader of this brand. And I think heart in the beginning, you know, it's the central core part of the body that's going to make the entire thing operate. Right. So without, without heart, you're done. You pull the heart out of an animal, it dies. And the heart that's inside your club you know, it's kind of twofold because it's a franchise, right? So what I see is the heart that was originally beating, right? The original Danny Campbell vision, the one that still, you know, beats in these clubs today. And then the fact that we as trainers have all turned into, you know, I don't even know what you want to call them, the, the, the different parts of the heart. I was like, I don't know anything about hearts. Uh, I do know about veins and arteries, right? And if I remember correctly, the vein is what brings the blood to the heart and the arteries is what brings them back out. And I think as trainers, maybe that's a good analogy. Like we're the ones that are pushing blood into that heart of the club daily. And the members are the arteries that are then getting to benefit from it and bring it back out. I think heart is the feeling when you show up to a class yeah, have to breathe deep and say, okay, I got to do it again. The bell rings, the people smile, they're up on the toes. You look them in the eye and you realize that I actually really love this. And it's something you can't pay for. It's something that you can't describe. It's something that you can't, uh, you know, have someone teach you. You just love it. And I guess from the best trainers that I've ever seen out there, they, they truly just love this brand and what it does for people. And I, I'll tell you my quick Danny Campbell story because I love Danny. I was on my first Discovery Day. I think people have heard this before, so I'll keep it short and sweet. Discovery Day, first time I'm looking at the franchise, long time ago, 2012, walked into a club with Danny Campbell. First time I'd ever seen the founder. Oh, it was Danny Campbell. It's the guy. I muscle my way over there and I'm like, hey, Mr. Campbell, can I ask you a couple of questions? And he looks at me. And he looks out because we're walking, watching a workout go on right now, looks back at me and says, hold on a second, and leaves me and walks into the middle of the workout, <laughs> which I was a little put off by because I said, yeah, hold on a second, like I'm supposed to be someone who, you know, is investing in this brand and, uh, you know, 
what is what is this what is this disrespect? But uh, what I saw was Danny Campbell walk into the middle of the class, full suit, whatever he was wearing at the time, right up to a girl, grabbed her, picked her hands up by her chin, and stood next to her for the next two minutes and properly showed her the combo that was going on. And he saw that from a group of about 30 people that were willing to, you know, buy in the title boxing club. And that was his job, by the way, back then was making sales of franchises. And he completely left me and the entire group just to go fix one punch. And I think that was the first vision of heart that I saw from him and how hard all the way down to the member level with members being the most important, I think we'll roll into this with the question of why he demonstrated that the first day. And I never forgot that. And now every day I, I, I look forward to showing people how to punch properly. It, uh, dude, I love that because honestly, that's it. It's true techniques. Danny always said true techniques. If you want to look like a fighter, you got to train like one. You have to do it the right way. You're not in here just throwing these cardio punches. You're, you better be doing it the right way. And you know, that day he, there he was making sure he, with all of these people, it, it didn't matter. There was somebody that wasn't doing things the right way and they're not going to hit their goal. So he went out there and helped that that's powerful. Um, so powerful. And, you know, that brings me to something. I want to talk to Tate about this real quick because you can teach skill, but you can't really teach passion. And as a trainer, like, Tate, let's talk about that. As a trainer, what, what's heart mean as a trainer? Yeah, that's a good question, James. And, and, and my, I feel like my voice, my voice is, uh, is showing that heart right now as, as I'm off a couple classes already today. And um, it's a, a trainer and, and it's hard as, what it really comes down to is your care and your passion to change lives. The people that walk into the, this facility um, every single day and all throughout the country, they're here for a reason. And they, they have some real battles. I mean, you hit on, you know, some weight loss goals and some things and some stress and, and everyone has, has battles and they have, they might have some bigger battles um, that they're going on, whether they're, you know, they're going through a tough relationship, they're going through something, um, a cancer, a death in the family, a, a bad breakup. And I, I think what, what we have as trainers is the ability to, to, to truly change those individuals' lives every single day. And it's so, it's so powerful. It's so rewarding um, to teach them uh, a skill and have them learn, but also have fun doing it and leave just drenched in sweat and smiling and wanting to come back for more because they learn something and they know we really care. People don't care how much how much you know until they know how much you care. That's the truth for our members. They have to know that you care about them. And I think that speaks to the heart of a trainer. And man, you just hit on some things. My, my mind's going wild here as you're talking because so heart means you're not going to have the best days every single day. Sometimes you're going to show up and you may be a little tired. Sometimes you're going to show up and maybe you were, you were out a little too late the night before. Regardless, you got to show up and you got to fight. And you got to perform every single day. That's what hard as a fighter is. No matter what situation, no matter how hard life beats you down, you get back up. You got to have heart, right? And when you're talking about changing someone's life, members show up for us because they're going through those things. They're having hard times. They're having struggles in their life. They have goals they've wanted to hit. How, when you ask someone, hey, how much weight you want to lose? And they say 10 pounds. Ask them this. How long have you wanted to lose those 10 pounds? I guarantee you that answer is in years, right? 
And they're showing up here because we're the professionals. We need to have heart as that trainer to give our all because that's what they're here for. Right. And I love hearing that. Are you ready to change someone's life? It, it's truly the definition of a trainer is show up. You got to show up and be ready to fight every single day. So I love it. Um, let's talk about humility. Um, you know, Sam, I, I want to pull you in here uh, on humility here for a second, because, you know, you're someone who's ran successful clubs. You've, you've taken on uh, another club that was underperforming. And the next thing you know, it's doing great. And it's tough because, you know, I know there's people on the call out there and I guess you could say complacency. I've been there. I've done it. We've all done it in every aspect of our jobs. When things are going good, we get complacent. We're like, yeah, man, we can sell this, man. I'm a great trainer. Look at all these people showing up and we start taking, taking days off, I think is what it is. And, um, I guess my question with humility is what happens when things are going good and then all of a sudden maybe things aren't going good. How do we get back on track? Like how do, how do we get back when we've lost our why, you know, and just talk about what does that mean as a club? What do we do? And then in, in, in what, what does that mean as a trainer? What, what is our job there? Yeah. 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 I think, um, you know, it really comes back to the member experience really. So, so when you look at the humility, you, if you look at yourself, you take a step back and you say, you put yourself in the, in the, in the member's eyes and say, am I delivering the best member experience that I can? Um, you know, as on a club level, you know, as, as an owner, you could, you could look at it from that perspective and, and, and say, okay, is our, is our team offering the best, absolute best product that we can? Um, you know, a very quick story. When I first got into title, I, uh, I, I we struggled the first couple, a well, year and a half. We were, we were doing okay. We weren't making a lot of money. We were trying to kind of spin in our wheels, really. Um, and I don't, I don't know if Kenny remembers, but I, I said, well, I need to take my head trainer and I need to take my manager and I'm taking a road trip. So we went up to Boston where they were the club that were putting up big numbers and, um, so yeah, I got, we went and met with all the clubs up there and, and we, we, we had to, you know, have some humility to say, you know, we don't have all the answers. We can get better. Um, and so, so we had to go do that and we learned what, what is the best product that we can put on. So we went and found clubs that were doing that and, 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 and rocking and rolling. And, that, and then that's what really helped us. So when you look at it from, from the, the trainer level, then you dive down to, okay, the trainers can always get better as well. You know, um, can, are they, are they, uh, fluent on, on mitt work, lefties and righties? Are they able to do, uh, personal training or is there, is there ways that they can improve their personal training with members? Is there, um, you know, are they putting out the best, uh, passion? Like we just talked about with the heart section, are they, are they staying after class? Or are they just there to collect their class and leave, uh, their, their class pay and leave, you know? So, um, having humility and, and looking at kind of taking a step back and looking at it from the outside in and saying, what can I do to get better? Cause we can all get better and um and put on a better and better product for our members you know again can i yeah i, I go wanna, ahead first i want to say thank you to sam for the shout out and i kind of wanted to it's really almost the definition of humility is like so synonymous with franchising too right because we're in this big group this huge team that we're talking about uh but are we really utilizing that team, right? Like the ability to walk into someone else's club and say, I'm here to learn something. I know there's something that you're better than me at. And I've done this 
in every club I've ever been in, I've, I've looked for what I'm not as good at. And I'm looking for something to borrow, to steal, to, to do, uh, you know, in my own way and, or just completely copy, you know, and imitation is the fondest form of flattery. And if you choose the right people to imitate, you know, you'll be very flattered over the next amount of time that you do that, but you're never the best. And I hope everybody out there realizes that like you guys out there and girls are really good. There's a lot of really, 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 really good trainers. And if you know in your heart that you are a good trainer, but you're not wondering every class, how you could even make this amazing class even better. This is kind of the thing that you're missing. And the, the big suggestion just to make it there is like get to the other clubs. Like there's things that you can learn to make yourself better. I think too many times we're starting to try to get better, like with more things that we can Google online rather than just get better at the things we're already good at. And I think it takes humility to get there. But I think that was a great kind of example by Sam saying like, have you been to another club? Have you seen things that, you know, statistically are better? And can you, can you lower your guard enough to say, look, I can learn something from somebody else. And I, and I think that I was going to jump back real quick because I think that's the great thing about title and that it, our product we have control over that, right? So it's not like we have a product that is not a great product that we can't change at, you know, a restaurant that people aren't going to or, or, or something, you know, we, we control all aspects of that. So, so change happens from, you know, within and, and, and taking those steps to go and get better, you know? So I think uh, that's, the, that's the exciting part for clubs that maybe aren't firing on all cylinders yet is that it's all within our, our power as, as owners, as trainers to, to continue to get better. And let me piggyback up on that, Sam. Our ability to grow is based on our ability to self-assess. And we can look at that from a club perspective and a trainer perspective. Our ability to grow is based on our ability to self-assess, to look in the mirror, to, to have some humility, uh, you know, progress, you know, have progress instead of, instead of more ego, you know, choose and have humility instead of pride. You know, a lot of, a lot of us trainers have this, have this pride, but Where's that humility? And can you check your ego? Can you make progress? Progress is the most motivating state. You're either getting better or you're getting worse. There's not the staying the same. You're either making progress or, or going backwards. You're either growing or you're dying. Um, those are all things that a trainer can relate to. But, you know, it starts with looking in the mirror. Are we trying to get better every day? That's, that's how it starts. The, the ability to allow yourself to get better. You know, it, this is, uh, man, I, sometimes I just love listening to you guys talk because you do, you, you learn something new every day. Um, and I'm going to take this back to, as a fighter, no boxer knows it all. I mean, there's always somebody better. I mean, until someone knocks out Floyd Mayweather, ain't nobody the best. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, so this just reminded me of something. I've had, I've, I've been lucky. I've had um, some great coaches and, um, you know, trainers in my career. And I want to give you guys a story of, you know, Emmanuel Stewart uh, out of Kronk. I had the, the privilege of being able to, you know, go down to, to, to Kronk when it was at its old location. And, you know, you're in there and you look at these top level trainers and Emmanuel's training the top level guys. He's not down there working with the amateur fighters every single day. You know, there's times when he would be. Um, but I remember the day I was working on a fade and I was trying to do a fade the right way and I kept messing it up. Well, 
Emmanuel taught me something that day, how to do it right. There was something I was doing wrong with my footwork. Um, and he taught me that, right? And that was what I didn't see him for, for weeks after that. Then I was about to spar and Emmanuel was there watching. And what he was there for was to see if I had listened to him and if I had learned and I had practiced it. And let me tell you, I got crushed that day <laughs> trying to do this. Um, but the aspect and the fact that I actually tried and I was willing to learn it, he kept coming back more and more and more and teaching new things when he wouldn't do that with everybody. And the reason he did that is he wanted to see, do you have that humility as a fighter to learn or do you think you're the best of the best? And listening to you guys talk about this is amazing because this is what actual phenomenal trainers do with their fighters to see who's got it. Who, who, who am I going to really work with that actually is going to love what I'm teaching them and wants to get better. And here you guys are talking about it as a trainer and talking about it as a club. That's the vision Danny Campbell had was to allow this to just be immersed in people. People get to be immersed in, in a boxing club when they actually come into title boxing club, all aspects of it. And this is something that happens in an actual boxing club and it's happening in our clubs. And when you veer away from it, you lost the why. And it's just great to hear you guys talk about this. It's, it's huge. It, 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 it's huge. So we've covered heart. We've talked about humility. Let's talk about hunger. What does that word mean? What, 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 what should that word mean for our club? And as a trainer, what do you have to do to have hunger? Kenny, I'm going to throw it back to you on this one for the club. Let's talk about hunger. Oof. What is it? It is what drives you when there's nothing else that the world tells you is necessary to have. It's what you Don't take we. every day. Right, man. I mean, you take hunger and you need to apply it to getting up, being on time, being there before you're supposed to be, being making sure your wraps are on and they're the cleanest they've ever been. They match your shoes. You're smiling. The mic's already on 15 minutes before class. You're already calling out people. You're talking about the workout. You're, you're there. You're early. You're motivated. It's, it's the person that you know is going to be there every day, the dedicated bunch. It's this underlying feeling that you're not good enough right and you always have the opportunity to take the next 10 minutes five minutes one hour tomorrow morning you know to work on anything to get better and a lot of people have this and I don't even know if it's a defect they just keep going once you can take that energy and you can channel it you know, into, for instance, you know, our workout in title boxing club, it makes it so you can excel. I mean, I don't know how many people around here have been, there's trainers that turned into owners over these, over these years now, which is incredible to see, you know, the hunger for the brand, the hunger for you being better than yourself every single day, the hunger for you know, recognition, the hunger for the fight, the belt, the championship, it's it's that underlying voice that doesn't let you quit. Right, and it's the simplest way I can think about it. And you can see it in a general title boxing club class, and you can see it in a person who's just, you know, walking down the aisle for the championship, holding the belt in the air. It's 
it's it is probably the most effective trait of a trainer that you can have man when i come to the club i want to see a bunch of hungry people and they're beating up the heavy bag <laughs> they want to be there they want to come back every single day like that's it man and and, and you know you know we'll go i'll go with tate on this you know for trainers like are you hungry to grow? Like, do you want to get better? Do you want to have that knowledge? And, you know, Tate, talk a little bit about it from what you've seen uh, on the trainer perspective of, of the, the best, the best out there that you've seen, as opposed to others who have the hunger and who don't like ultimately, you know, how, how do you teach someone to get hungry? Like, what does that mean? I mean, it, it, it starts a lot with that heart, you know, that we talked about that passion at the beginning are you, you know, are you on, are you, are you all, are you here to change lives? You know, it starts with that passion because there's going to be times where, you know, I can speak to Minnesota, Minnesota, there's some bad weather sometimes, but I can say five years in, I've never canceled a class. And there's been classes where there's three people and I'm on the mic and I have to convince myself or one of my trainers is on the mic because they've seen me do it before too. And, you know, set the bar for your team. But how do you change the lives of those three people? Going half-ass at something is a, is a complete dis, disservice. It's disrespect to everyone in your life that believes in you. Don't do something half-ass. If you want to half-ass, title is not your brand. I mean, I'll just say that right now because you have to be hungry. You have to have heart. And it comes down to looking in the mirror. Are you being better than the person that delivered the day before and the next day and the next day? Do you have that hunger to grow, to learn, to develop, to be humble enough to ask for help, to be humble enough to ask for feedback, um, to ask members, what was your favorite thing about class? That's a trainer that's hungry, that wants to learn and grow. And uh, that's what I would say. Uh, I mean, don't, don't half-ass stuff here at Title. If, if, that's, that's such a disrespect to everyone in, that believes in you. And there's so many members that show up because they believe in you. You have to be on every time because it's your class that could make the difference in their life. And, and that's how you have to attack it. That's what, that's, what, that's, that's what my voice sounds like. This, this is not even my real voice. But that's being hungry every day. Tate, that's great. Um... You know, I wanted to bring this out too. Kenny, this is something that uh, you made me listen to a podcast with the MF CEO, right? And uh, I remember him talking about hiring and this just popped into my head. And he said, you need to hire people with your eyes and your stomach. You remember that, Kenny? Yeah, hire and people, eyes and stomach, not head and hands. That's right. And the reason you hire with your eyes and stomach is you need to hire someone that can see your vision and who's as hungry as you are to get there, which is why he said the eyes and the stomach. And I look at it and I'm like, as a trainer, I want people that see the vision of title, that understand Danny Campbell's, the reasons he did it, but are hungry enough to fulfill that vision on a daily basis, to provide a place for people to show up to and hit their goals but have fun doing it. Um, and I, I, I think of the movie, I'm listening to you guys talk, I think of the movie Rudy. <laughs> I don't think anybody had more hunger than that kid who was not a football player and somehow was on the Notre Dame football team because his heart, he would get up no matter what you did to him, but he had such hunger to see, to see that through to the end. That's huge. 
that is huge. And I know everybody on this call, um, as a trainer, when you show up, I've, I've seen it at, at, at Kenny's club where a, a trainer will show up and he's just, he has an off day and you know, it's either Kenny or someone at the front desk says, Hey man, don't worry about it. We got this. And they go out and teach it because you can't ever provide something that isn't as great on a daily basis as the, as the train that, that the members need. You, you have to always provide and step up to the plate and give them a, a consistent experience. And we're all going to have those days. It's just at the end of the day, don't forget what we're here for. People are paying a lot of money for a professional service to show up because they're trusting in us to help them get there. I think it's so important that when you go back to think about, you know, how this company was founded on the simple values of training the way a fighter trains and having a team around them to help drive them and help them hit their goals. We need to do that every single class, every single day. And if you can do that, your club's going to be successful. There's no way around it, but you know, we know that, that it doesn't happen every day. So it's up to you as a trainer to sit back, look in the mirror and say, Hey, am I living up to the vision of what this was started on? Am I that trainer? Am I that person? Am I hungry enough? Do I want to help change people's lives? And if I do, let's go do it. And when you commit to that, man, is it fun? <laughs> man, is it fun? Those are the classes where you show up and you just don't want to leave. The class ends and there's 20 people hanging out, talk to each other. There's another class starting. You got members up at the front desk trying to sell people. It's just, it's crazy. It truly is. So, um, you know, I wanted to, you know, throw this over to Sam here real quick. And, you know, Sam, do you have any other, uh, you know, comments before we, we get off the call here today on, on, you know, the vision and the heart and the humility and the hunger? Uh, yeah, with, with hunger, you know, I, I think the most exciting thing about being a trainer with title is, is that you get what you put into it, right? So it's kind of like a real estate agent if, if, in that realm of if, if you put in the passion, you put in the energy, you show up, even the days you're not maybe feeling like bringing the energy and you, and you bring it and you put that in the back burner and you just, you just, your heart rate starts racing and you start bringing the pace and, and the excitement for the members, you know, they're going to, they're going to show up in droves for your classes. And, and the same thing for personal training, you know, if you're passionate about the members and their goals um, and you have the hunger to, to, to work with clients, you're going to make a lot of money. So, um, you know, I've had trainers with very similar skill sets. And one trainer would, would have no sessions, paid sessions. Another trainer would have uh, 50 sessions in a, in a payroll. I've had trainers that have averaged over 100 sessions for an entire year, or average 100 sessions a month for an entire year. I'm sorry. Um, but then I've had trainers that had the exact same skill set or, or very similar, could have, could have also accomplished that and didn't because they just didn't have the drive or the hunger to, to, to really go all in and, and, and dive into the, to helping the members reach their goals and putting on that top level experience that we're talking about which um which is exciting to me because that means it's in our hands that means it's i like to have control of my own destiny in a sense and that that's what's exciting about title as an owner and as a trainer is is our hunger um you know it can dictate our success and, and everything like and and providing that experience which dives right back to the vision you just talked about so yeah Great. And uh, I love the aspect of that. I didn't, didn't even think about that. You're, you're so dead on. I know so many people who are so skilled, but they don't have the drive to, to go out there and show it to other people. And that's, that's the difference between as a trainer making a lot of money in PT and not a lot of money. <laughs> you're dead on with that. So, 
You know, I think I think we're at about our time limit for today, and I I want to want to thank you guys for for hopping on and and sharing your experiences here. I I truly think this is important, and you know, the more as trainers, all of us can come to a consistent idea and understanding of what we show up for and adhering to the vision of the company, the better this brand's going to be, and the the more members are going to be thankful. Um, and we're really gonna you know th this brand we can take it to a whole nother level. So again, thank you guys for hopping on the call. Uh, next week in round three, we are going to be talking about boxology um, in the vision of what that truly means and how to create consistency with our workouts. Uh, so please uh, tune in next week uh, to round three on boxing and the vision of the company in terms of what is boxology and how do we create consistency. Um, and we can't wait to uh, you know, talk again next week.